0: Disruption Zone. Opportunity lives where the status quo dies. Talking to the greatest innovators, disruptors, and off-the-wall inventors, we can scrounge up. You laugh, you will learn, you'll be inspired. Now, here are your hosts, Leland Conway and Cameron Mills. All right, folks, this is a big one. Um, Riley Gaines, the former University of Kentucky National Championship swimmer, has been in the news lately. Uh, She's standing up for women's rights in sports. She actually gave a speech at a San Francisco university in which she was attacked by transgender activists. She's been all over national media of late, and I was able to get an opportunity to chat with this wonderful and brave young woman. To be clear, I hold no ill will towards anyone for how they identify and how they live their life. But I do understand that there are biological differences that are factual, indisputable, and 100% matter in situations involving physicality between men and women, especially in sports. Women fought long and hard for equality in the sports arena. And now it seems to be getting taken away from them by leftists, woke activists who can't seem to understand biology. Again, identify however you wish. That's on you. And I still love you and I accept you no matter what. But your rights end at the end end of the nose of someone else's rights. So this conversation with Riley Gaines got real, real quick. But first... Today's episode of the disruption zone is brought to you by our friends at Louisville cabinets and countertops, not just a home remodeling kitchen remodeling company. They're the place that when I lived in Louisville, I trusted to remodel my kitchen and my master bathroom. And I would do it again in a heartbeat, the craftsmanship, the hard work ethic, the honesty and integrity, and all the choices for affordable prices. Louisville cabinets and countertops.com call my friend Tim Montgomery over there talk to their designers 502-930-3304 that's 502-930-3304 if you have already got in mind what you want to do and you want to do it yourself and you just need the cabinets they have so many styles to choose from modern shaker traditional country whatever you need in all kinds of colors plus they can do a custom cut for you for your granite or any other type of hard surface countertop and if you want a turnkey kitchen remodel boom they'll come in to help you design it get it all done the way you want it done i'm confident it's the reason or one of the reasons why my home sold in less than a day because of the beautiful work by louisville cabinets and countertops check them out louisville cabinets and 6200 hit lane in louisville kentucky if you're in southern indiana central kentucky Uh, Oldham County, this is your place, Louisville cabinets and countertops. We're also brought to you by bourbon city golf carts established in 2018. This is going to be your golf cart central. If you're thinking about bopping around the neighborhood in a cool golf cart, or even taking your own cart to the, to the club or to the, uh, to the course, getting it done. Listen, man, they've got so many great, uh, carts in their inventory. And it doesn't really matter what your budget is on this. They can get you taken care of from something that's slightly used to something that's brand new to something that's custom. Cool colors, cool wheels. I mean, pretty much anything you can think of when it comes to an awesome golf cart. So many people are buying these just to bop around their neighborhood in, hang out, you know, in those great summer nights to get the kids and just run around without actually having to get into the car. It's pretty awesome. So check out Bourbon City Golf Carts. They're at 502-718-0757. That's 502-718-0757. And you can find them at bourboncitygolfcarts.com. Proud to have them sponsoring the Disruption Zone. And now, for our guest and today's conversation. Riley, welcome. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. Thank you so much, Leland. It's so nice to talk to you.
0: I got to think that the last few weeks in particular have been a whirlwind you're not new to this controversy because you spoke out as a swimmer um and you kind of said hey there's something wrong here when a biological male who identifies as a female can compete against females and win consistently all the time and it kind of bumps it 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 really is a violation of women's rights from your perspective. can you Can you talk a little bit about what inspired you to actually step out when it's very hard to do that in today's world with the woke cancel culture?
1: Absolutely. And that's what truthfully blows my mind. I can't believe it requires bravery to do what I'm doing, but it definitely does as as made evident even this just this past week. Um, but what really thrusted me into speaking out? Um, last year, my senior year at the University of Kentucky, Um, I had made it my goal to win a national title. About midway through my senior season, um, I was right at the top, but this, this person who was ranked above me, named Leah Thomas, came out of nowhere, started posting the fastest times in the nation by multiple seconds. So there was a lot of head scratching going on and it never made sense until an article was posted disclosing that Leah Thomas was formerly Will Thomas and swam three years on the men's side at University of Pennsylvania. And so i heard this and i was so shocked because i thought this was so far-fetched and would never happen at the collegiate level especially in my sport Mm -hmm. um but truthfully i was relieved because i thought the ncaa would see it how i saw it nothing opinionated nothing hateful the facts of it because i was able to look up who will thomas was and this was a swimmer who went from being ranked 462nd at best to now trailing the women dominating leading the nation by multiple seconds which in swimming multiple seconds, even one second. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, but that's not how the NCAA saw it. And so they had, they saw nothing wrong with it. And that three weeks before our NCAA championships, they said that Leah would in fact be competing with the women. And so that first day of competition, it was the 500 freestyle, which is an event that I don't do. And so I sat on the side of the pool and watched as Leah Thomas swam to a national title again, beating three U S Olympians, beating American record holders, beating, the most impressive female swimmers of all time. Um, and that, that next day, Leah Thomas and I raced in the 200 freestyle to which almost impossibly enough, ended up in a tie.
0: Hmm.
1: We went the exact same time down to the hundredth of a second. So upon tying, we go behind the awards podium and the official looks at both Thomas and myself and says, you know, great job. You guys tied. We don't really account for ties. We only have one trophy. So that trophy is going to go to Leah. Whoa. And so I, of whoa, 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 whoa!
0: You you tied, and they chose to go. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I didn't realize no, that that no. happened. I, I was not aware of that behind the scenes. That's incredible.
1: <laughs> My reaction was the exact same as yours. I was like, whoa. You know, I understand we tied. I understand there's really one trophy, but why are you adamant on giving this trophy to Thomas? And this official says, oh well, Leah has to have the trophy for photo purposes. Um, you can pose with this one, but you'll give it back and you'll go home empty handed and Leah takes the trophy home. And so it was at this point that I was done waiting for someone else to speak up because up until now, I had waited for a coach and then in- someone within the NCAA, someone with political power, another swimmer, a parent, someone who is supposed to be protecting us to protect us. Um, but that's not what we were seeing. And then it hit me that if we as female athletes aren't willing to stick up for ourselves, how could we expect someone else to stick up for us? And that's what's really thrusted me into publicly say, taking a stance on how this affects women and how it's harmful to women. And I know I'm speaking for more than just myself because right. I've had conversations with these girls. So this isn't about me. I'm done competing now. Right. Um, where I'm fighting for the next generation, the girls who are still dealing with this on a daily basis.
0: Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm still blown away by that. Like, So you guys both technically won, but they wanted to make sure that – Leah Thomas got the trophy for future f- Photoshop photo ops and all that kind of stuff. And I I can remember that picture with the national championship and the the two other girls on the podium and it was it was stunning the 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 bodily difference, right? Like you could see because I mean the the, the biological facts are that males are designed different than females and you know, I I honestly I'm a libertarian. I don't care how people identify. I hold no ill will towards anyone live your life the way you see fit. You're just not allowed to cross other people's rights and put them in a bind in order to to make your choices, right? And it's like
1: Absolutely.
0: When you see that and you see that stunning difference, it's it shows the it shows the point that there are there may be some sports that transgender biological male identifies as female can compete with women in in some sports, but there are certain physical sports that it's such a clear advantage to the biological male body that it, I think 99% of the American population understands this. It's just a, so many people are afraid to even talk about it. And I don't understand how we got to this place where we're afraid to talk about biological facts.
1: <laughs> it's something I'll never understand. And, and something I've noticed is the people who are advocating for trans inclusion in women's sports, I should say male inclusion in women's sports, um, are people who have never played sports, are people who don't know what it takes to compete, yeah, uh, especially at the elite level. Um, it's not just a right to compete at that level. Um, it's something you have to work extremely hard for. And even if Leah Thomas wasn't winning, still taking a spot, a scholarship, opportunities, a roster spot, titles, all of the things away from women, that's a problem. That's what Title IX was created to protect, right. Um, and so it is amazing that that people are so, Willing, it's either they're so incompetent or they're so willing to just lie. Yeah, <laughs> that men and women are are not are are different. We are different. We know this. We we've seen obviously the effects of testosterone on performance, or or otherwise there wouldn't be doping restrictions for women. Right. But guess what? It's called cheating when women take testosterone.
0: Right. Right. Um, and I want to give you a chance to speak to this because when we're talking with Riley Gaines, um, you know, obviously you are accused of being anti-trans, transphobic, all this stuff. Do, do, do you want to speak to that accusation?
1: To me, this word now has been thrown around so much. I get called transphobic again for acknowledging exactly what I know, what I'm saying is for saying men and women are different. Right. Transphobe. And so this word now has just kind of been devalued to me. Mm -hmm. Um, it doesn't mean a lot when someone calls me that because I know in my heart. I I know in my heart I have compassion for every single person. Mm -hmm. I'm a Christian. I'm deeply rooted in my faith. I I, when this mob attacked me in San Francisco, the first thing I want to do is pray for them because they just look so angry. (laughs) Yeah. And so I know I have compassion in my heart and this is not something that's you know, my argument is not anti trans. My argument is, is pro woman and I don't think trans individuals should be Banned from competing? Of course not. I think it's just a matter of competing where is fair and where is safe. Right. Um, by no means, again, do I think anyone should not have the opportunity to play sports. Sports has given me so much, and no one should be denied that. Um, but we shouldn't infringe on others' rights yeah. in the process of doing so, just because it makes you feel happy.
0: Do you think there's? Do you think there's a lot of women in sports right now that? may say one thing publicly because they feel like they have to, but secretly they, they understand, they know they, they, they hope that this gets sorted out in the right way and that they're afraid of, of what they're fighting for as a, as a a female athlete trying to set records that all of that could be taken away from them in an instant by someone who decides uh, I'm a woman now and I'm going to go compete against these women in this traditionally male dominated sport when it comes to just physical against physical. Are there a lot of women who feel like you do, but maybe just are afraid to speak out or what?
1: Oh my gosh, absolutely. Um, and again, I'm referring back to San Francisco, but look at what happened to me for speaking out. Mm-hmm. No one else wants to put themselves in that position. Parents, they, they fear losing their job. If they, they work a corporate job. Um, they don't want to get fired. They don't want to step on toes or ruffle feathers. Um, even coaches, athletic directors, I have had so many coaches message me and say, you know, keep fighting, yet they're not willing to fight for their own swimmers or their own yeah. athletes in general. Um, but yes, yeah, did... swimmers, they 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 are they tremble at the fact of being called these names. They're actually their administrations. they tell them, you know, you're not allowed to to take a stance on this because we've already taken a stance for you.
0: Right, right, Um, right. How does that feel to get a message from, say, a coach at a major university that says, thanks for doing this and they're not themselves? At first, first when
1: I got these messages um, from elite athletes, elite, both male and female coaches, I felt so just honored. I was like, wow, you know, I'm doing the right thing. But then after a while it very quickly did not feel like this honoring feeling it angered me because right. silence at this point is complicity because what's happening is we're catering to the minority. Yeah. I know we are the majority, just like you said, 99% of the general public feels how we do, regardless of if where you fall in the political spectrum. I think right. majority of even Democrats can acknowledge that, you know, this has taken it a little too far. Mm-hmm. Um, So if we're catering to the minority, that's not what a democracy is. How have we gotten to this point? We need people to use their voices and it would be handled in a way that is appropriate for everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's not what we're seeing. Again, there's too much social pressure. Um, People don't want lawsuits. They don't want to be sued. They don't want retaliation from, you know, their, their boss. And so they're not willing to speak out. And so at first it was, I felt so happy and just excited. I was like, well, you know, we're garnering support. But I realized that support doesn't mean much when it's all private.
0: Yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, when, when you're walking down that hallway at San Francisco State University, there's none of them there to right. help protect you. Walk me through what happened there. You were at San Francisco State to do what? What were you there for?
1: So I was invited to speak at their university um, by Turning Point USA chapter. And so I, of course, knew what I was getting myself into going to San Francisco. I knew it would be an adverse um, group in the crowd. But truthfully, that excites me, but not because I want controversy or argument, but because I can get in front of people who don't agree with me. Um, I thought I knew what I was getting myself into. I can, of course, I, I embrace people who are willing to protest because it's one of our freedoms and our rights to be able to protest. The protesting doesn't bother me. Um, I, I understand Definitely. Again, as long as it's peaceful, but I delivered my speech. I answered questions. I opened the questions um, specifically for questions in opposition to which there was many. Um, but it was after my speech when an ambush of people entered through the classroom door, they were standing outside the, the classroom. I'm talking hundreds and they flickered the lights. They turned off the lights. They rushed me at the podium. Um, They physically and verbally assaulted not just myself, many members in the room, um, to which a police escort helped me out of the room. But then when we got to the hallway, we were only met with more people, a part of this mob. And so we ultimately I was barricaded in a room in this hallway for three hours where during this three hours, these people were yelling things such as um, trans rights are under attack. What do we do? We fight back. Or you shouldn't have come to this university if you didn't want this. You knew we were going to riot. Um, I mean, just obscene, terrible, violent, vengeful things to both myself and the officers. Mm. Um, after a while, they were demanding money from me if I wanted to make it home safely. To which their <laughs> dean of students was actually negotiating with them back, and I'm like, "How are what? we negotiating <laughs> for my safe what? passage home?"
0: <laughs> That's I'm like insane. this is kidnapping, That's... and
1: so. I missed my flight home. It was the whole it was a whole experience. Truly it was traumatic. And, right. Um, you know, to it's just unnerving and unsettling to think about what these people genuinely wanted to do to me in this moment and what they would have done to me had police not been there. Yeah. Um, but it's not gonna silence me. It hasn't silenced me. I've spoken at to, tonight, I'm speaking at University of Buffalo and it's my third school this week, and so I'm still full force. Um trying to achieve my mission of getting in front of younger people, encouraging younger people to speak up. And there's already been protests and flyers and stuff sent around to me about this university. Um, But to be expected. Yeah. Well, actually not to be expected. I don't know how this is controversial still, but
0: (laughs) yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just imagine being, it's, it's crazy to think about, because I've seen some of the video, not all of it. Now, were you physically, you said you were physically assaulted. Did Was it by one person or multiple people or, or what happened there?
1: I believe it was by one person. Um, again, they turned the lights off, which was strategic. Yeah. Um, That
0: that right there is calculated. That's, that's probably the most terrifying of the whole thing. It wasn't just like the mob got out of hand and, and, and built on each other. That sounds planned. Like we're going to do this at this time. And this is what we're going to, this is what we hope the outcome is.
1: Right. Exactly. And so they flickered the lights for a bit. Um, and there was, there was cam- or, uh, the school reporters there who had their cameras. The lights were flashing. I felt so disoriented when I was shoved the first few times. I was just, of course, jolted and disoriented. And so it just felt so chaotic. It just felt like, I mean, I was like in this alternate universe. You know, how did this happen so quick? And so I was supposed to meet the campus police an hour and a half before the event. They were supposed to go over with me and exit strategy if anything like this were to happen. Um, but the campus police didn't show up. Hmm. And so I had no idea the police were in the room at all. And the lady who was grabbing me after this saying, follow me, I'm with the police, she was wearing nothing that indicated she was a police officer. And so I didn't trust her at first because how was I supposed to <laughs> yeah. know she was yeah. actually an officer? Yeah.
0: Lights are flickering, you're not sure. <laughs> yeah,
1: like, yeah. Exactly. And so she I eventually had no other choice than to trust her. And so when we eventually got barricaded in that room and I asked them, you know, why was, we were supposed to meet to discuss this and you guys didn't show up. Um, and they, they just said, you know, we, we thought someone else told you the strategy. And so it just felt like, and I of course respect all law enforcement and I, I am so grateful for their services, but I feel as if these campus police did a very poor job mm. in, creating a strategy that would allow me to safely leave because like they, again, didn't, I they didn't want to in be room for hours yeah they
0: didn't want to be involved in this at all because they're like well we got to go face these students later and be it sounds like they didn't they didn't really want to be involved it was like they reluctantly protected you right yeah that's wild so let's talk about the response of the university which i thought was really interesting because A tweet was sent out. I I, I don't want to misname people, but I think it was one of the vice presidents of of the university that uh, sent out a tweet and and referred to the whole thing as a peaceful protest and never mentioned that you were assaulted or I guess we're supposed to say allegedly (laughs) Um, (laughs) assaulted or whatever and never, never offered any kind of apology to you praised what they called a peaceful protest and then everything you just described to me is the opposite of that like you got through most <laughs> of your speech but you know at the end that's not a peaceful protest so no. w- what exactly did was the university's reaction and 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 what would how'd that make you feel
1: <laughs> when i read this statement i read it and then i read it again And then I was like, okay, I must be missing the part where they're saying we have to uphold free speech. And I read it, and I'm like, hmm, it doesn't say that. Okay, well, I must at least be missing the part where they condemn violence against women. And I'm reading it, and I'm like, huh, I didn't miss that. And then I get to the next paragraph, and it says, we applaud our brave students. We know how hard it can be to be in these adverse situations. Here are some counseling resources for you brave, peaceful, protesting students. Oh, my God. (laughs) And then I go to this, the lady who sent it, um, her name is Jamila Moore. I believe she's the vice president of, of some sort of student affairs or something. Yeah. And so I go to her profile on Twitter. I'm like, who is this girl? And she has me blocked. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my goodness, this almost just feels so childish. Yeah. Like, I was so baffled by the fact she <laughs> she took to social media to block me. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. It it feels so weird right now, Riley. We're talking with Riley Gaines. To me, and again, I I'm a libertarian. I live your life how you want to live it. But I I feel really weird living in a world where, you know, on one hand, my entire life I've heard women say "my body, my choice," right? You know, I've heard them say, you know, I I've heard them say those things, and I've like, you know, I'm I'm not for abortion, but I mean, everything else, I'm 100 percent on board with. My wife is a strong, powerful. You know, corporate woman, I, I, you know, it's awesome. You know, I've always been, I guess, that way. It's like, hey, you know, we are equal. Let's go do it. Um, but I've heard that all my life, and now all of a sudden, it's not. And not only is it not, but it's not even okay to talk about it, right? Like, there's a there's a picture in the New York Post of you at a protest, I think, in favor of, of you know, what you're standing up for. And somebody has a sign standing next to you, and it says, My Body, My Sports, and it's it's just weird that in this one area women's rights no longer matter because there's this this thing that we've set up where, yeah, if a if if a biological male wants to decide that they're a female, they can go and compete against women in basketball and track and swimming and all these other Absolutely.
1: sports. It's wild. It's um it is. It's it's truly ironic because you think of the original feminist movement. I mean, these were were women, especially especially embraced by the left, who fought relentlessly for women, um, fought for equal pay, fought for equal access, equal resources, equal opportunity. All of the things. They wore the pink hats. They had the free the nipple movement. Yeah. Um, and you think of these feminists, and you wonder just where are they? You think of someone like Megan Rapinoe. Or Billie Jean King, in regards to sports, Billie Jean King, she was a trailblazer for women's sports. Right. We have her to a credit, really, for Title IX. Yeah. But now, both of these women, who I want to mention, are both done playing sports. Right. Their athletic career is over. But they're now actively fighting for trans inclusion in women's sports. Right. Um. Which, you, you can't help but think of the word hypocrisy. Right. It just feels as if, it's a total one eighty, yet they're doing it in the, the name of progress. It's progressive. But I don't think they understand they're taking us back in time. They're yeah. fighting b- back for what they want once fought for. Um and so it's all just shifted so quickly. Maybe I was naive in the fact that this I, I I realize it's subliminally been happening, but these past two years maybe. Yeah. It all just happened so quickly and now it's shifted to where you have um the Democrats typically who are embracing this idea and the Republicans who are embracing women right and so it's it's this shift that I never really would have foreseen in 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 my lifetime. yeah, <laughs> so it's interesting.
0: Do you think, um, it's almost like feminism 2.0 i mean it's like because it took a lot of bravery for women to stand up in you know in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s you know and say hey you know we're not don draper's secretary anymore you know what i mean like like that right that took that talk that took a lot of guts to do that and now it's it's 2.0 you know it's reinventing itself and it's like wow i, did, I thought we got past all of this do you think there is—I'd love to get your thoughts on this. Do you think there's a way—because I know just listening to you talk about compassion and, you know, it's it this. you're not anti-trans. You're just saying that for women's sports where there's a biological strong difference male to female, we have to protect those women's sports. So do you think there's a way that everyone's rights can be respected and— everybody get like how does this work out in a in a positive way right because we do want to have compassion and acceptance for all people but at the same time we have to protect people's individual rights is there what do you see as a path forward
1: i think in an ideal world having a third category especially in sports where you're on a team but you're competing individually i think it's a way that we can embrace the trans community we can um ensure athletic opportunity chances for success of course fairness and privacy and all of the things um again i don't in terms of how realistic it is i know there's there's things to be thought through there but i think it's a way that i think people within this trans community or non-binary community they look at this as if it's segregatory but it's not i think there are other aspects of life where we can look to gender identity Mm-hmm. um you know within your personal relationships depending on some jobs you could you could be protected on the basis of gender identity but sports something that so clearly relies on your sex and your biology and your physiology it's again it's just unfair to rely on anything other than sex right um to protect on any other basis and so i think having that third category again is a way that everyone can compete everyone can can have chances for success and everyone um, is safe and and has their own privacy. Yeah. And so I think that's one way. Um, and again, I know there's no perfect, clear solution. There's no solution that can appease everyone, but women should not have to compromise anything in, in any proposed solution.
0: Yeah. I mean, when you go back to what title nine was about, that was all about making sure that you didn't have to compromise, um, that you got equal treatment, that you got equal access, and yeah and then now everything has changed it's wild riley um thank you for taking the time to talk with us you're very brave um i respect brave people um you know and and i I wish you the best and, and prayers for you and your family as well stay safe and uh thanks for for being so honest and straightforward on this
1: well i appreciate that so much and i appreciate you giving me the platform to continue shedding light on it so thank you
0: you bet Today's amazing episode was brought to you by Bourbon City Golf Carts. Check them out at bourboncitygolfcarts.com, Louisville's one-stop destination and southern Indiana, by the way. One-stop destination for awesome golf carts from slightly used to brand new, from regular to custom built. To awesome wheels and beautiful colors. These are your new convenient way to get around your neighborhood. You can talk to the folks at Bourbon City Golf Carts today by calling 502-718-0757. But I encourage you to check out their website at bourboncitygolfcarts.com because you can see their inventory all right there. Services that they offer you can even rent them. Hey, you want to rent one for a special upcoming golf outing and see how you like it and then go and buy one and all their inventory again is available for you online at bourboncitygolfcarts.com. So check them out. And again, we are super excited to have bourbon city golf carts as a sponsor of the disruption zone. They're at 502-718-0757. We're also excited to be sponsored by Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. My friend Tim Montgomery at Louisville Cabinets and Countertops did our kitchen and our master bathroom in our house in Odom County, and we wouldn't have it any other way. Such awesome work, such craftsmanship, such work ethic, and great prices and stuff. From start to finish, if you want a, a designer to just take it over and do it all for you, or you consult and they do all the work, or if you're doing it yourself, they've got those options too. Any kind of cabinet you're looking for style, they've got it mostly in stock. They don't have any problems with supply chain crisis. They're there for you and they can get that done. Plus, if you want a custom cut of any type of solid stone, they've got that for you as well. Go to LouisvilleCabinetsAndCountertops.com, 502-930-3304. Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. At 6200 Hit Lane in Louisville, if you're in southern Indiana, Louisville, or Odom County, this is your place for the kitchen remodel. Thanks, Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. And thank you for listening to the Disruption Zone. You can follow us on Instagram. It's at Greatly Londo. And on Twitter, it's at Leland Show. You can also download us for free and subscribe for free from iHeartRadio's podcast. Just search podcast for Leland Conway or Disruption Zone. But we will come right up. You can also download us for free and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts and Google Play. It's pretty awesome. Super easy to get fresh new episodes sent right to your pocket. Big thanks to um, Dynamics Audio Productions in Lexington, Kentucky for all the work they do with the audio side of this program. If you're looking for some help with audio digitizing old videotapes or you got a major Hollywood type project, dxaudio.com. Dynamics Audio Productions and Neil Kesterson and his crew can get it done for you. And thank you again so much for listening to The Disruption Zone. Over 100,000 downloads and counting. I am Leland Conway. This is The Disruption Zone.